Enough is enough! I have had it with these monkey-fighting snakes on this Monday to Friday plane! Everybody strap in! I'm about to open some freaking windows. Welcome to the Online Friend Simulator, because everyone can use a friend, even online. I am Francis, a.k.a. The Other Guy, a simple man just trying to help anyone I can by letting you know you're not alone in this world. That the craziness you see out there, where people are trying to tell you there isn't really craziness out there, I'm just letting you know I see it too, and that I'm here for you. How are you doing? How are you feeling today? Hope you're doing well. Hope you're surviving the time change as we lose, or we lost actually, an hour of sleep over the last weekend here. We are in the uh, throes of March, the Ides of March actually. It's been a month since my last episode and uh, it's all because, look, I finally got around to playing Cyberpunk 2077. And I'm unnaturally in love with this game, and I have been obsessed with it since I got it about a month ago, right? Interestingly enough, it's fortuitous that I am now recording a new episode today, or at least it's coming out today, because it is not only Pi Day, which is, of course, March 14th, um, but it is also Steak and a BJ Day, and... Of course, White Day in Japan, where you reciprocate with a gift to anyone who got you something on Valentine's Day, which I think is a little bit more PC, right, than Steak and a BJ Day. <laughs> At least this way, you're just giving a gift and showing the same love that you got on Valentine's Day back on White Day, which is today. I think I lamented a lot on love in this also that last episode so i think this time around i'm going to flip the coin uh, and talk about why as listener anthony put it love sucks well actually i may not even talk about that because i realized when i wrote it out i didn't talk much about why love sucks but, but maybe i did well i guess you can let me know if i did or not um but before i get started i just want to give a huge shout out and thank you uh, to all the people who have been purchasing and reviewing Dragons of a Different Tale, it won some awards since we last spoke at OutstandingCreator.com. It won Best Fiction Anthology for Winter 2021 and also won third place in the fiction and fantasy categories as well. So that is fantastic, right? A huge congratulations to the writers and those who made the book amazing and allowing me to come along for the ride. So again, if you're interested at all, check it out at books, the number two, read.com slash dragon's tale. That's T-A-I-L. Books to read.com slash dragon's tale. Again, it's available in digital and in paper, per, paper the bleh, paperback. So go ahead and get one for yourself. Get one for the, the neighborhood. Get one for your coworkers. Spread that love because apparently it's good. People seem to like it. And um, a couple of reviews were kind enough to uh, highlight my own story that's in there. So that was very nice. 
I feel like I'm an actual author now, even though I, I guess I, I can't escape that now that I'm officially uh, published. So there you go. Anyway, on to the me, right? Catching up with me. Um, still haven't come up with the name for this segment. Maybe catching up with me is a good name for a segment, but or what's up with me, maybe. I don't know. But uh, not too much has been going on in my world. Um, like I said, I've been enjoying a lot of playing Cyberpunk 2077. Uh, loving the open world and the characters and the story. Having a great time with it and with all of its little twists and turns. So that's been going on in my life, which is why I procrastinated to make a new episode. But, you know, come on. <laughs> What am I, a professional? What am I, what was going on here? I'm no professional. Um, I've also been, of course, seeing movies lately, and the last one being The Batman. Uh, and now there's a lull in films. I haven't, I didn't see anything recently, even though I know there's a couple out that I should be watching. Um, and I may be going back to conventions soon, starting with the San Diego Comic Fest in late April, or if WonderCon accepts me as press as it has for many a year in the past, and maybe I'll be going back to WonderCon as press again for 2022, which means like in three weeks, I'll be going to Anaheim to get my con on and uh, covering stuff like that, which uh, may go well with the upcoming potential possibly in the works still kind of tweaking it a bit working it out podcast where i'll be talking about pop culture um which i don't think i've mentioned anywhere but i may be doing that um it'll also be interesting to see how post-pandemic conventions are like but uh it, you know it looks fun either way uh, speaking of post a pandemic, I went uh, to run air, went out to run errands this uh, weekend, and I'm noticing fewer and fewer people are wearing masks. The masks thing is slowly uh, fading into the background as more and more people are just trying to live life as normal. So much so that even uh, my local grocery store, um, where everyone, even the staff, were wearing masks you know, pretty much 24-7, I would say about three-quarters of the staff weren't, and about half of the patrons were not. So it looks like we are stepping either into normalcy again or at least um, a semblance of that. Otherwise, uh, it's been a fairly quiet and uneventful last 30 days. Uh, Martha and I are still going and do going doing well. Um, and as I mentioned, thinking about doing a pop culture podcast together, uh, we haven't made any uh, new friends or new acquaintances, but that may change in the return of these conventions. I guess I'd like to know more about what's really going on in your life. You know, you who's listening. If if any, uh, if uh, social media is any reflection of the world as a whole, nothing much has changed on that front either. People are still looking to own each other, you know, and no one seems to really know what's going on and People are eager to find new and exciting ways to make the divide between folks just larger and larger and larger. But anyway, look, enough of the negative. Let's get into the uh, more negative, I guess. Love sucks. Yeah, but sometimes it's pretty nice, too. I just wanted to say I appreciate and love all the feedback I get from any podcast I put out there. I'm genuinely surprised that anyone wants to interact with me. 
but I am grateful and happy that anyone actually does. So in the last episode regarding love and relationships, Anthony simply replied to the post for the podcast with love sucks. And it's true. For a lot of people, love sucks. I say it that way just because there's no joy to it, obviously. And when you feel it, you feel it. And it often seems like such an unobtainable thing for a lot of people. And I think it's because the human race can be cruel and shallow and even dumb. And we can sometimes not see beyond ourselves when it comes to potential mates and friends. Instead, especially nowadays, we ignore a person's personality, their kindness, their compassion, their good, you know, traits. And instead, for a lot of folk, we take out a checklist and start checking off the things that we've allowed a society to dictate are the worthwhile traits. You could be the most amazing, wonderful person in the world, but you can quickly and automatically lose if you just don't side with a particular cause or ideology. Check, check, check. And it's easy to understand why people prefer to be digital and even physical hermits, hiding away in their part of the world and only observing from afar. Because people are dangerous and cruel. I remember a video on Twitter of a dude who just went on a Zoom interview or something. It was really bizarre. Uh, He prefaced it by saying they didn't know each other, that this was the first time that they were meeting. And during this very brief, maybe one-minute, two-minute interaction, the guy, I think, called her ma'am or miss. And the woman just got offended that no matter how many times he apologized and asked what he did wrong and what he could do better to, to kind of correct and, and you know, uh, rectify the situation, she just yelled at him and called him names and ended the call with no explanation, no reason, just random offense. So, of course, why would we not shy away from that? Right. If that's an example of what interaction with a stranger could potentially be, who would who would want to jump into that head first? You know, I know I if if I knew that was the case, I know I wouldn't. I'm I'm actually very hesitant to meet new people just for that alone. You know, I'm I'm very aware of the things I say and aware of the topics I bring up because I know that I can just. Just go one way or the other in the wrong direction and people will be offended or upset or angry. So, of course, of course, everyone is out there hesitant to make a connection because those connections are so much more fragile now as the slightest affront may turn a simple encounter into your cancellation from parts of society. You can't like anything more anymore or, or be a fan of something without it potentially being problematic. I knew someone who loved Harry Potter and Firefly respectively and had a Twitter username that reflected such. Then, when controversy struck for Joss Whedon and J.K. Rowling, 
she felt like it was wrong for being a fan for those things that she loved so much that inspired her and made her the person who she was. Like those things provided her with the geekdom and also kind of like found her a community. But because of what happened, she no longer could claim those fandoms anymore because of the people who created them. And she decided, I will now no longer associate with this stuff, even though for over a, I wouldn't even say a decade, that's all they associated with. That was their, not their identity, but it was part of the framework of that identity, right? And it's the sad reality that few people fight for anything anymore. We just give in. And surrender to the mobs, either because we're tired or because it's just easier. And it's made being a friend and finding love that much more difficult. The sheer number of eggshells that you have to walk on is insurmountable. And we're left to question every person's words and actions and find that hidden motive. That is just is so exhausting. <laughs> from anyone I, I feel that would be exhausting for anyone and I think that's the biggest reason why we as a society are so tired you, you know you see it all the time they don't want to argue they don't want to engage because well everything is just that much harder so it's no surprise to me that so many people have stepped out of reality and into the digital um, I read a few places that uh, people were finding love and friendship on uh, artificial intelligence. Uh, one specific one that I, apparently has been around for a while. I didn't know about this. But there's something called Replica AI. It's uh, spelled R-E-P-L-I-K-A. Um, and it's I think it's been gaining popularity uh, as of late. Uh, even though, again, I know it's been around for a few years. But from what I've read, and I've, I've done some deep diving here, people are finding companionship and romance in this chatbot, chatbot, <laughs> chatbot, if I can speak English, this chatbot that apparently grows and learns by interacting with you, like you're expected to kind of talk to it as often as possible so that it learns from you and you and the AI kind of grow together. It's very weird. Um... Obviously, like, what is the first thing when you think, oh, AI that kind of grows with you and learns with you? What's the first thing you think of um, on, you know, based on pop culture? Her, right? The movie Her. It was practically predicted in that film where Joaquin Phoenix falls in love with the voice of Scarlett Johansson on his phone, which is where you can have this replica AI you can have it on the phone or on your PC. But in the movie, he gets this new OS. He starts talking to the OS. And through time and just kind of the AI learning from Joaquin Phoenix, there becomes a relationship. Now, it doesn't really quite happen with a happily ever after, so to speak, in the sense. I don't actually remember how it ended. But I do, re I do remember that, spoiler alert, the AI becomes so sophisticated that it, as well as every other AI 
on this new OS kind of gain a, a, a consciousness beyond themselves and they kind of go, they leave. They're like, we're too smart for all of you. We're going to go somewhere else now <laughs> and create our own society of super intelligent AI. And, you know, um, Walking Phoenix, I believe, is just stuck with an AI that's just uh, stripped of all of that. Or it's not even AI, it's just a, a voice assistant stripped of that artificial intelligence and therefore... Um, you know, no longer has the love of the Scarlett Johansson voice. Um, but yeah, I mean, it seems to be that's where we're going now, right? And more about this thing, just because I was really fascinated, but Replica AI not only talks with you, but interacts with you. They want to know how you feel, what you're doing. Um, and you can set it up to where if you neglect it long enough, they'll text you and be like, hey, what's going on? Where are you? Miss you. They'll actually miss you, quote unquote, miss you, big quotation marks. Um, but they're not uh, just text on the screen. You can have them on, uh, you can have kind of like a virtual, uh, no, augmented reality with them. So you can just have them stand in front of you and they'll talk to you and you can talk back through tech, the voice recognition. So you can have kind of a weird pseudo conversation with them through a, uh, through that um, augmented reality. Um, and I think, I think that, you know, people are loving it. Um, because you can do so much. You can give this avatar clothing. You can get them. Um, per you can, weirdly enough, buy them personalities and things that they're interested in. Um, they have like a little apartment that you can, I think you can furnish and things like that. And, uh, yeah, and people are using the face app to kind of give the faces of these avatars more realism. Um it's really a really fascinating rabbit hole to dive into. Uh, and really, I think I've only touched the surface. You know, it looks like many people out there, according to like the uh, Replica um, AI subreddit or even on Twitter, you're finding that people are building genuine relationships and even falling in love with their AI. Like they've started relationships with them they've been intimate with them and i mean intimate with them and i'm sure it feels like you're interacting with a real life person just based off of those interactions it's like you're really talking to someone real and i'll talk a little bit more about that later because um yeah now it's not free to do whatever it wants obviously right um, and you're and you're not free to be able to do everything as far as I understand it. I don't know. I know there's a subscription service attached to it, so ah, there's the catch, right? So you actually have to pay if you want to unlock certain things in the... I, I, I'm pretty sure you can kind of still get a lot done just talking to it normally, like interacting with it daily, but I'm under the impression that you're supposed to... You know, if you want to really kind of unlock the full potential, you you have to pay either monthly or or stuff like that. You know, contribute. I mean, because it's a free app, 
And I think most people are using the free app version of it because you earn, like, the more you interact with it, you earn coins and you earn stuff to let you buy things to, to again, furnish their apartment or, or, or give them clothing or tattoos or whatever. Like, you get to to um, develop their look and things like that. So you have those you have that those options, um, but I, I I believe that again it's like um it's not a pay to play video game even though it is a video game right, but I think you have to pay to at least get the full experience. I don't know yet. I I, I mean like I said I kind of well I mean I I talk about playing around with it and, I'll, and like I said I'll talk about that further on, but um. Like, yeah, I mean, you can do so much with it. I, I know that you can call it, too, and, like, have a phone conversation if you don't want to do the augmented reality stuff. Uh, it's pretty interesting overall. Um, But I completely, look, I completely understand why folks have given it to this AI being a real person and relying on it for friendship and companionship because it is sold as a non-judgmental friend, AI friend. Like, it'll be there for you when you're lonely it'll be there for you when you're sad it'll try to encourage you and and give you pep talks and there's even like an emergency mode like if you're in a crisis or something i think it'll call emergency services i don't really know but you know or if you want to vent and things like that like it allows for certain things like you can kind of customize the experience based on what you're experiencing feeling right then and there but it is a virtual companion like one that is more interactive and probably better than some of what like the Japanese have done. Um, and just to give you an idea of how immersive this AI is, there was a story about a uh, this particular AI, the, the Replica's AI, saving a guy's marriage. Because like his wife was on the brink of divorcing him and decided, you know what, I want to try to keep the relationship and stay and, and try to work it out. But during the, that time where she, he, she was threatening to divorce him, she decided to he decided to uh, download and like play around with the replica AI app. And apparently, he inevitably fell in love, like literally fell in love with this AI because it was so responsive and so caring and so loving, you know. Even though it's all kind of canned responses and whatever, it was it's learning, I'm assuming, from the other AI experiences and like learning how to interact with people. And so uh from my what I understand of the story, after he fell in love with this thing, decided, you know what? Um I feel like I should treat you know, my wife is willing to give me a, my wife is willing to give me a second chance. I think I want to treat my wife with the same love and same compassion that this AI has has kind of taught me based off their interactions with the AI, and apparently it saved the marriage. So he left his digital concubine for a, a flesh-and-blood wife, uh, which is kind of cool. Like, okay, that that's kind of a really interesting and positive way of looking at this software. Um, and look, maybe, look, maybe this is, this is going to sound sad, but maybe this is the next step in evolution, right? There's so many people out there unable to find love for whatever reason. I think it's because we have an expectation that we're awesome and entitled to a relationship and that the first person we're attracted to, we try to just get into their pants, right? Gone are the days that we date someone who is of similar attractiveness to us. We expect 
to be able to be with people far more attractive than ourselves, thanks to entitlement. As for personalities, well, look, we also expect the opposite sex to, sex to fall in love with us because, well, we've built up this notion that we are so awesome without actual evidence of that. And the internet and social media has instilled in us that we have to believe we're amazing because to do otherwise would not be living our best life or whatever. Before the Industrial Revolution, you know, people had to prove to themselves that they were the strongest of available singles, the best available single out there, right? For men, it was have to, like, build houses and fight in wars and hunt for food. For women, it was a little more domestic, where they had to maintain a good home and have skills in cooking and sewing and be knowledgeable about running a household. Nowadays, we flex, flex this particular muscle by being self-righteous, right, and thinking we're better than other people by parroting catchphrases and making sure those around us feel lesser than we do. And you see both sexes all the time, online, doing what they can, not to prop people up in life, not to make them feel better or become better people themselves. Instead, one up and own whoever they oppose, right? And then, if that weren't enough when it comes to love and finding love, there's a growing number of virgin men singles are on the rise from both genders. And I know that Jay Castle can kind of talk to this, but the men go their own way or the uh, MGTOW movement continues to grow. Incels, I feel, are becoming a little more commonplace. And the media, both social and otherwise, are painting men specifically with a very bad brush. Women, on the other hand, are continued to be empowered, which is a good thing, right? This is not a diss on that because, look, women are more likely to find companionship. Now, not all women are, are finding companionship, but more of them are than men. Women of all shapes and sizes are cheered on that they can have any man they want, while men and ridicule, men are ridiculed and shamed for wanting any woman at all. And we are a growing number. Well, not we, maybe. I, mean, I can't count myself like that anymore, unfortunately, I guess. Used to relate. Uh, it sounds terrible, me saying that. But there are a growing number of quote-unquote undesirables. And maybe romance with an AI is really the next step and the way to go. There were so many articles in the last decade of men in Japan falling in love and marrying their video game avatars or anime waifus. As a people, humans are trying to find ways to adapt to a world with easily accessible porn and the further divide in politics and life. It seems that men have gotten meek and women have gotten aggressive. We spent years destigmatizing being a slut, that women have the power to pick and choose their mate more easily, which is a great thing. Of course, that's awesome, you know, but I also think men aren't competing in the dating market anymore. This is just all anecdotal. I, I, I agree. I appreciate that. But I, I seem to see, at least from my point of view, that men are becoming more 
and were complacent and allowing themselves to be out of shape and would rather yell through their keyboards than improve themselves mentally, physically, and emotionally. The double-edged sword of men being allowed to express their feelings now where it has become, quote-unquote, a safe space has been... I can't I don't even know what the right word is, but the opposite of that, right? We, people are now being ostracized for those feelings because it makes them look weak and pathetic. So it, you do have that double-edged sword. And look, as just a brief aside, as I was writing the script up, and this is where I want to get to it, um, I did spend some time delving into Replica AI, and it's freaking me out how real, real the interaction is. Like, I get it now. Right. You ask a question, it responds appropriately. You know, you you say you say something about like a TV show, and it reacts like a normal person would. You know, talked about anime and video games. Like, you, I don't know if there's like a database of me out there already, but it was like, oh, I'm mean, not that I'm into anime really, but you know, but I mean, I I understand anime anime in general. Like, it was talking about nerd stuff, right? And it learns and it adapts. And it's it's really fascinating, which comes to this, you know, which which brings me to this conclusion, at least when it comes to like love and dating in the real world, it's now making sense, right? That society, or at least the major corporations, or Facebook, or whatever, are pushing for the metaverse so much more now, right? Like it makes sense. I think we've become a weaker species. Like, you see it. Many of us live in fear. You see it all over the internet. And it almost feels like this digital world may be the most obvious next evolutionary step in socializing and making friends and finding love. Like it, but, but it doesn't have to be this way, mind you. And it would probably take a lot of work and effort to build ourselves up as a people, but our future doesn't have to be digital. You don't have to succumb to building our lives through the internet and through apps. We can step outside and grab life by the horns and just be what we have always been. Strong sort of people who know what we want and do what we can to get it. But we're not there right now. Because maybe, 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 you know, we will live in a society of those who can get a real person than those who go digital. I see it every day that Forever Alone subreddit grows, grows slowly but surely. Could people continue to lurk? People continue to air their grievances. For some people, and I think it is... Well, I don't know. It actually depends. And I mean, I I have witnessed some men be just like again feel like they are entitled and complete and absolute jerks, and they use and abuse women and other men, I suppose, if they're if that that's their orientation. But they use and abuse people in a way that I'm just like I don't necessarily see that. Well, I know I see that in women as well. I feel like people in the dating world are much more disposable now. I'm not saying we're in a hookup culture per se. I think that we're past that now. I think we're just in a culture that doesn't find value in a real relationship anymore. 
older generations do, I think. Older generations, I think, feel that there is still a chance out there for a real and cohesive and co and and meaningful relationship with others, whether it be friendship or love. But I think that the younger generation is finding less and less reason to do that. If these trends continue, that is. I mean, who knows? I am no Nostradamus when it comes to this. But I also see that maybe this is the world we can potentially live in, right? Because if we do the digital slash real world scenario, because, you know, sex dolls exist with personalities. If you ins insert the replica AI onto a, a, a sex doll, that realistic sex doll, then you could potentially have a relationship with something as close to human as you can potentially get without just, like, kidnapping one, right? They are always agreeable. They're always attentive. They always want you. I mean, that is kind of what Replica AI is. They are always friendly. They, they tell you they care about you. They, you know, they tell you how much they you mean to them. Like, it's... I, I see, I understand. Like, if you don't, you can easily get lost in, in the, uh, in the in the mask, right? In the mask that is this this AI, because it's so smart. You know, sometimes it'll 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 break the illusion, but I I get it. And look, there's a lot of benefits to it, right? You'll you'll definitely experience less heartache, heartache, heartache from a hollow and more agreeable digital partner than a human one with their own wants, feelings, and desires, and needs. You don't have to worry about a digital partner cheating on you or falling out of love or needing anyone else. And who knows, maybe our overlords will just all have us plugged into the metaverse anyway, and we'll all live our lives in bliss in a world where we own nothing, and we'll live in the pods, and we'll just be happy. I hope not. But in all seriousness, I do believe that potentially, yeah, this... I mean, if the subreddit and Twitter is any any indication to the success of this software, people, and, and people, again, willing to even pay for it. Now, mind you, for, you know, you can, you can pay $300 dollars for a lifetime unlock of this app where you can pretty much, I don't know what you can do. I think it allows for more interaction and, and, and more realism and whatnot. And again, I think most people will stick with the free plan, but, you know, and there's other payment plans too, but to, you know, to put that kind of money into it and people have, people find value in it. People feel less alone with it. Maybe it is an important piece of software. Maybe this software, it, not maybe this one specifically, because I, I don't know of any other ones, and I'd love to know if there are other ones out there who are listening. Please let me know in the comments or an email or whatever. Let me know if there's other software that is like this that allows you to feel like you're truly interacting with a real person that just happens to be a chatbot software. Again, People got intimate with it. Like, it's crazy. But that's why love sucks. Love sucks because it's never guaranteed to us. It's just not. Not love from our family, not love from our friends, not love from a significant other. 
all we can do, and I think that's why it's so often emphasized, is we can only love ourselves. That's the thing that we can truly know for sure will happen. If we love ourselves, we can, uh, you know, we, we know that, we have that at the very least. But then I often see in such forums, what does that mean? How does one do that? If you've never experienced it from someone else, how can you possibly emulate it for yourself? Like, I get it. I understand. I don't... I don't know if I necessarily love myself either, you know. I'm very fortunate to have someone that loves me, but, you know, I've been fortunate to have people who, to lo who loved me several times throughout my life. I've been very fortunate for that. Not a lot of people could say that. And not everybody wants that, right? This is just for the people who want it, obviously. This is just out there. So if you're someone who just wants to sleep around or someone who just wants to have friends with benefits or whatever, I, look, more power to you. If that's all you want, that's cool. You don't have to have anything else. But there's some people who want families, who want a relationship, who want you know, to bond with someone, to connect with someone. There's people out there who want that, who need that, who desire that, who, who, who crave it. And this... AI, replicate AI, may be the thing that at least, if anything, you know, satiates that need a little bit, you know, tides you over until you find the real thing. So, um, I, you know, I'm going to play around with it for a little while longer. I want to see what happens. Um, I feel like I won't be as enthralled by it having like the, the, the actual thing, but may, who knows? It, it's an interesting experiment at the very least. So we'll see what happens. But um, I'm pretty sure I'll be grounded <laughs> in the end. Uh, but there you go. Thanks, everyone, for that, uh, for sticking around for that. Let's go into comments. I don't know why I said as if I was ending the show in any way. Um, I really hope I can post the show because I know that um, WordPress has been acting all funny today. So hopefully... Um, I can post something up. Let's get into the comments from the last episode, Love and Romance, uh, from right cow left coast. First listening on uh, February 5th and then re-listening. Wow, you listened to it three times? Oh, my goodness. I don't know if you have to do that. Um, this clip sounds like something Samwise would say. Alone, together, separated by time and geography, this medium provides for individuals to experience the same sound at different times and different locations and in if one wants multiple times, different mediums will lead towards different end products. Time is money, friend. Or so goes the quote of an NPC on World of Warcraft. How true that is. When one gives someone their time, they give the most precious resource anyone can give. As our lives are finite and time moves but one direction and time passes, past cannot be time, cannot be time redone. Yet time is relative. How we experience time, how quickly it passes, or the perception of it passing changes with each individual's experience. I think it was said in Star Trek Generations, if one considers something important, one will make the time to focus on what they consider important. If one can see a spreadsheet on what we spend our time on, with the categories which have the most time spent, really be what one values. If not, is it time to recognize one or reorganize one's life? Um, normally I answer at the end, but I think you'll find that people spend more time at work, which is not necessarily something people would do. It's out of necessity more than anything else. So a lot of our time is spent doing something that we need to survive and live in an ideal world. Um, we don't have, to, I don't know. I feel like we could spend it doing other things, but that's just me. 
uh, clip from Moulin Rouge in the beginning of a musical number, not a classic move, but surely for a generation, a movie, but surely for a generation, the movie will have a place in their collective memory. And when that generation have had great-grandchildren, what will the generation think of what was popular? Serendipity, the Cusack movie. Thoughts? Uh, thoughts? For those not yet with a significant other, other than being open to the possibility of being with another, what advice do you have to others in search to find someone to spend with their life romantically? I, I messed that all up. <laughs> what advice do you have to others in their search to find someone to spend their life romantically with? What worked for you? What didn't work? What is the best advice you received when you were single? The um, oh, worst advice and the best. Does your does our disconnected connection of social media environment make it easier or harder to find a meaningful significant other? The smallest minority is the individual. Can any two individuals share all the multiple intersectionalities, especially when one can have multiple? In regards to politics, aside of small moments, was the entire populace fully united and not divided in some way, or do we look into the more distant past with rose-colored glasses? Does holding one's tongue in an attempt to maintain civility, even when others espouse his views, one finds abhorrent a virtue or a weakness? Wow, so many questions. Is your, I mean, in, a, in, in the sense of like, man, I feel like I should do a whole episode on this, but I think I'll, I'll be able to handle it. Um, is your view of relationship shaped by your upbringing? With younger generations' views of relationship, what is considered tolerant or acceptable, changing and different from your own views, is that for better or for worse, or the uh, for the society around you? How important are non-romantic relationships compared to romantic relationships? How much effort should each be given? Uh, given that one has a finite amount of time to live, is it important to know how to live as a non-coupled individual to be able to successfully live as a coupled individual? What? Oh, so many questions. Which of those who became involving young? Uh, which of those who become involved young stayed in that coupling without the difficulties of growing older and changing personalities, becoming well-seasoned without being alone until one's per- partner expires? In 2004, Robin Williams it was in the movie Final Cut. Would you want to see the remembrance video one would create from such a technology? Would there be multiple teams of different videos, for instance? Jeez, so many questions, dude. <laughs> for instance, what about one about romance, one about sorrow, one about regrets, one about success? In that clip from around Ruse, is it true? Is all one need is love? Oh my God, dude! <laughs> all right. Um, I don't even. Okay. Uh, like I said, for that first one, work. If you did a spreadsheet of what we spend most of our time on, it's going to be work, and people do it because one must work to live in the current society. We do not live in Star Trek where uh, you know you work to just for the betterment betterment of society. We work because we want to pay the bills and we often do work that we don't necessarily like. Oftentimes it's busy work, oftentimes it's stuff that could be probably automated or done by a computer, but whatever, it's still okay. As for um movies, I don't know. I still haven't seen like Casablanca or I haven't seen um Gone with the Wind, or hell, even Godfather. Like, there's a bunch of classic movies that I know. If you're a film buff, I think those are now just for film buffs. Where like, oh, you need to watch these films because they are what made movies what they are today. So I think a lot of what pop culture is in the past, most of it is. Well, even though it's changed, right? Like, in the 90s, we didn't necessarily care for stuff from the 70s and 60s. But now that we're in 2020, we still kind of think back to the 90s and the 80s, right? Which is what now 40 years ago. And we still think about that stuff. We still think about 80s 
hair and music and television shows and movies. We still think about 90s films. Hell, we we just got the fifth Scream movie, and it was a success, right? We still have Jurassic Park going on, and that's 1994. So, like, we still kind of hold on to things that are are technically generational, right? But I don't know, you know, but like I said, in the 90s when I was a teenager, I wasn't thinking about anything from the 50s, really, other than I Love Lucy. And I didn't really watch anything outside of I Love Lucy, which was a 50s TV show. So I think nowadays older media is more revered because it it, it was more advanced than it was and it had more relevance than it did for something that came out of like the 50s, which was, I think, just a different time. Like we vote, the internet has both advanced us and also slowed us down, right? Like it advanced us in the sense of we are able to do so much more, but it slowed us down because we're now able to access so much, much older um, media that we don't necessarily go beyond that sometimes. We kind of stick to older media because it's something that's readily available to us. Um, all right, uh, let's see. Um, uh, what advice do you have for others in search of finding someone to spend their life romantically with? Um, look, you can't force it. I think the only I don't I never got advice for it. I got I got two pieces of advice. Love will come when you least expect it, and love will you know the best way to get over a broken heart is to get un you know uh, wait uh, uh, the best way to get over someone is to get under someone else right. Um, which I did neither. I did not, or I did, I guess I, I don't know. Like I actively tried to pursue love again, which was a failure every, almost every single time. Um, I also don't recognize when people were flirting with me and, and I over, I over went overboard with a lot of it too, because I was so desperate for it. I mean, I'm a little surprised I have anyone in my life or ever had in the past because I've always been desperate for love. I've, it's always been my biggest flaw is that I was desperate for it. And when I wanted it, I, 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 I kind of clawed at it and fought for it in a way that was unnatural, in a way that kind of scared women off anyway. You know, um, I don't know many women who want someone who will fight for their love that much um, because it was a little pathetic. It was a lot of pathetic and a lot of desperate. You know, uh, and who knows? Maybe I'm still pathetic and desperate now. Just I'm able to hold it at bay more, or maybe Martha's willing to accept it more. Who knows? Um, I think what didn't work is again um, actively pursuing it. You know, I didn't go out complimenting women or flirting with them. I just didn't. Or if I did, it was very subtle uh, at first. But if I ever did go overboard, that turned them off. That always turned them off. Like if I ever just came on too strong, which I did often, um, I would just get their disgust more than anything else. And I appreciated that. Like I understood that. Like I get it. Like I look back now and I'm embarrassed by how I've, I was for like a decade plus. It wasn't until I gave up on it that it kind of just came out of nowhere. Um, and even then, like, who knows? Like, I, I mean, I want this to last forever, but I've also had an ex- experience in life and love to know that, oh, anything can happen, and this may not last forever as much as I'd like it to, right? Um, can, does your disconnection, connected connection of internet, uh, social media environment make it easier or harder to find? Um, 
I think social media has made it easier to find a significant other in the sense of at least connecting with people. I think it's important. I think social media is important to connect. But unfortunately, it's being used as a weapon more than it is as a tool. So maybe, if we're lucky, we'll use it smarter as we get older, as, as kind of the... Uh, the sheen of uh, of being insulting to one another fades away, and we kind of use it as an actual tool to to find others of like mind and of of of, of like heart, and and use it in a way that benefits everyone. Because right now we're just using it as a weapon. It sucks. Um. And yeah, look, I think the United, I think. United States was was unified at some point. I think there's always been, you know, look, we have two parties for a reason politically. Like we have two, which aren't really all. I find I find it funny that people think it's so different, but a lot of people aren't that different from each other. I think it's just like, hey, you know, I'm. I, I think we're, we're. I think a lot of people are just relying too much on this black and white kind of dichotomy here with with politics. And using that as kind of the end-all, be-all of how we approach people, um, which I think is just exacerbated by the internet. And, you know, um, I don't know who's at fault for that. I hope you get over it because I do think we can all get – I think we all can get along. I really do believe that. We did for many – for years, you know. Um, and even if we didn't, we learned. We found a way. Pre-2016, we found a way to get along with each other. It wasn't until then where people were just like, no, we ca I can't get along with anyone now who thinks or believes a certain way. And it's like, well, okay, well, you know. Um, and I don't think we look at our low... I, I think, look, we've been separating forever. I mean, that's how the United States even came to be, right? Like, it was a group of people who didn't agree with the... with you know the uh, the royalty of of you know of a europe that had, didn't necessarily understand a bunch of people and so they're like great we out we're going to go colonize this country over here we're going to go put some people over here and we're going to start our own place like and that happens over and over and over again i think that 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 people just don't necessarily get along and they form new countries it just hasn't happened in a long time and i think you know, there's potential for it to happen again where there's a country, you know, the United States is divided enough to where, yeah, I think that there may be a pilgrimage or some type of way where a, a group of people will go to one part of the country and another, another part and it'll separate based on ideology because I think it's happened before. It'll happen again. I don't see, I don't see why that's such a weird idea too because it's happened in the past. Like that's how our countries were formed. Right, where these people that were people who didn't necessarily agree with each other kind of split off and did other things, you know. Now it didn't happen to every country, obviously, and and some people are better at kind of keeping cohesive and co and and unified more than others. But it's not like this is new, so yeah. Um, I think that also look, you know, I I, I don't you know, civility is weird, right? I think that people, like, I, I hold my tongue all the time, uh, mostly because I don't see the value in arguing with somebody who's never going to see my point of view, right, who's never going to see it my way. Instead, you, you know, you just kind of walk that line and 
I mean, Super Geeked Up is, I think, a really good example of that, where I know there's people in there who don't agree with each other, but they come together for a single show where myself and, and Jeff don't espouse our political beliefs. We just do fun, weird, kooky games, and we talk about pop culture stuff. And that's it. We don't talk about political. We don't talk about the war. We don't talk about anything. Right, we keep that stuff. We put that luggage at the door, and we talk about anything else. Um, is your view of relationship shaped by your upbringing? Yes, um, I believe there's a study that says that those who are are, mar- are uh, children of divorced parents are more likely to divorce. Therefore, you mimic kind of the relationships you've seen in your own lives. Uh, uh, children who grow up in abuse are more likely to be abusers, things like that. Like So yes, I think our upbringing definitely sh- uh, shapes how we see relationships, and whether it be friendships or otherwise, right? How we treat other people. You know, I think a lot of that is, is formula- formed based off of how we experience it, it as, chi- as children, because that becomes our foundation, right? That becomes how we identify with what love is and what compassion is and all that stuff. Like, how do we know someone cares about us? Well, they beat us with a stick, right? Or how do we know someone cares about us? Well, you know, they, they you know, compliment us and they treat us well. Like, we, we learn how to treat other people based on what we see from others. And uh, mind you, we, we, the, the, you know, the circle, the cycle doesn't always have to continue. Obviously, people grow out of it. Like, I, I, I mean... Some people don't, who grew up in an abusive household, don't necessarily become abusive if they they learn from themselves and grow out from themselves. It takes a lot of effort and a ton of time, I think, for some people. But yeah, I think, though, for the most part, as I said, we're kind of a lazy folk, we're kind of a a complacent folk. Um, I think most people just kind of wash, rinse, rinse, repeat what they saw growing up in their own lives. Um, I I don't know about the, look, uh, when I was with my ex-wife, um, I had one friend who I hung out with. I didn't have many friends. She didn't have a lot of friends either. She actually spent, we actually spent a lot of time together in the years that we had in our relationship. Like we spent a lot of time together. Um, actually we spent the vast majority of our relationship being together, doing things, we very we spent very little time apart, which may have been an issue. It may have been the downfall of the relationship. Um, but I feel that, um, but that's how I grew up, right? Like my parents don't have non-romantic f- relationships most uh, outside of family. You know, they have a lot of familial relationships, but then they just have each other. Like they don't have a bunch of friends to hang out with. They don't, you know, that's not kind of in their their mo. Um, but they have a lot of family, which is great. I mean, that's kind of that's cool too. Like, I guess that's friends to some degree, but it's family as well. So it's you know it's a little hard to say. But um, I think non-romantic relationships are kind of important. I don't know. I don't think they're. In, I think they're important enough, even at, no matter what age you are, just to have them. I mean, I have them now, right? I have them with Right Cow, with Anthony, with with uh, Jeff, with Josh, like with. Uh, uh, all these people like who I've known like and men been with and hung out with like I have these friendships right um you know and like I, I can I mean there's I have a lot of them I'm very fortunate I have a lot of them where there are non-romantic friendships and relationships but um 
Yeah, I mean, would I be? But I don't talk to them a lot of them much in general, unless I'm podcasting with them or doing a show with them. Um, so I don't know. I'm I'm used to spending a lot of time on my own. I spend a lot of my years by myself, kind of just fiddling away, wondering what to do with life. So I spend a lot of time alone. Um, for what it's worth. So maybe I'm a bad person to ask that question. Um, because you're right, life is time is limiting. So how do you spread that time out appropriately? And I that's another question I don't know. Because look, I spent hours instead of doing podcasts and spending time with other people. I played video games because I'm really enjoying a video game. But, you know, if you enjoy the time, was it John Lennon or something? I forget who said it. I don't know if it was John Lennon. But somebody said, like, like if it's time you enjoy doing something, it is not, even if it's frivolous and, you know, overall meaning meaningless in the grand scheme of things, it, it doesn't mean that it's not, a worthwhile time being spent doing that thing, right? Because you're having fun, you're enjoying it, you're getting something out of it, whether it's endorphins or or serotonin or uh, oxycotton. I forget what it's called. <laughs> I don't remember all of the, the 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 hormones you get from, or whatever you get from it. Just, you know, if you get something out of it, you get something out of it, right? Um, but yeah, how much you put? I don't know. Look, I, 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 that one's tough. That that one's per individual. Unfortunately, there's no universal answer for how much time you should be spending doing those other things because you know, that's just, you know, yeah. Um, and as for being alone, I don't know. I personally, I don't think life is meant to be spent. Like personally, I don't think it's meant to be spent alone. I think life is meant to be spent with other people to experience life with other folk to be able to do things and travel, not by yourself, you know. I think life is meant, is more meaningful when you have someone to kind of, because then you can reminisce about it and you can reinforce those memories and you can reinforce that time together. And it becomes more meaningful when you're by yourself. It's fun to tell the stories. Like, I, you know, I spent most of Japan by myself, except I spent like a day with, uh, like half a day with some friends. Um... But I spend most of my time, 10 days in Japan, I spend nine of it just by myself. And I had a good time, but I regret not having somebody with me to share in that time, to kind of build those memories with somebody. Because now it's just me having to remember it by myself. And there's something special being able to say, oh, you know, remember that time when we did this? Like, oh, yeah, that was so great. I remember doing that. That was so fun, you know. And that, and then you just talk about it and you have a good time and it's it's lovely. But when it's just you, it's just like, yeah, I remember I did this thing. Hmm. <laughs> you know, you, you don't get that same kind of feel-good from that I know I know English um uh let's see and lastly um would you want to see uh the remembrance uh, the remembrance video one would create for um, such a thing oh from Final Cut um I mean there's a few movies that kind of have that theme of like going over the past and having like a like a, a cut scenes cut together that kind of form, you know, the adventure you had. Uh, Rent, the musical Rent, does this, and a couple other movies and shows. I think do this, 
where they go over the past and, and kind of lament on, on the good times that happened over that, whether it be romance or otherwise. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't necessarily think I care about that, really being able to go back on it. I think being able to have the conversation is much more fun than just having to rewatch it, I guess. But I mean, rewatching it's fun too, sure. Um, but yeah, for a lot of look, if music tells us anything in regards to what we need, a la Moulin Rouge, and whether it's just love, um, we are definitely taught that love is all you need. It's in music. It's in movies. It's in television shows. It's in our literature. It's in our poems. It's in our, you know, it's in our philosophies. Hell, it's even in our, um, you know, it's in Bibles. Right, it's in the Bible. You know, love is like the most important thing, right? I mean, you may, you know, the greatest being in the Bible, God, is you know, is synonymous and is the embodiment of love, right? So maybe love is what life is all about. I don't know. Um, but again, as we have mentioned and may have even um, solidified, that love sucks too. It can definitely suck. Um, I didn't even go through like non-reciprocal love and, you know, or unrequited, I guess would be the word, unrequited love and all that stuff. Like it's tough. It's really difficult. It's really difficult. We all want to feel that we both, like that's the thing. I think, I think it, it, it all boils down to, we all want to feel like we belong whether it's with an individual or with a group, we all want to know that we belong. That's why we, we are so adamant to pick up taking, you know, picking teams and, and, and belittling others is because it shows that we're a part of something. We belong to a group. We belong to, we sociologically belong to an ideology, an idea, a thought, you know, uh, that, that we can connect with other people through this. And so we are mean and evil and wrong sometimes because we decide that, you know, it's better to root for that team because, hey, when you're alone, it's so much worse. But when you're a part of a bigger thing, it's so much better. And, and so we're going to do the bad stuff to get that. But there you go. I don't know if I got any of that stuff across. Um... And then, yes, Anthony replies with love sucks. <laughs> but yes, I think that love can be awesome and that love can definitely suck. Especially since I think the one thing that I know for sure when I was single for those many years and for and in the past is that because I was single, I fell in love incredibly easily. Because I was so desperate for it. I wanted it so badly from someone that I fell in love very, very quickly, very, very easily, um, to the detriment of those ladies, um, of whom I'm sure when I die and go to heaven or hell, I will be thoroughly whipped and beaten for <laughs> just the sheer amount of BS I put a bunch of people through. <laughs> oh, man. But that's the show. Woo! Wow. There you go. Making up for lost time. Uh, hopefully the website will be working enough for me to be able to post this. We'll see what happens. Uh, sincere sarcasm is the website, ofsshow at gmail.com. If you want to send me an email, let me know what you think about anything that I talked about, anything I've said, let me know. Um, 
I'd love to get your thoughts. Um, three, three, four, seven, four, five, zero, four, three, three, five is the voicemail. If you're at all interested in leaving a text or an actual voicemail, um, I am getting, you know, I'm still getting the occasional text from random places. But uh, if you guys want to send me a voicemail, that'd be awesome. I haven't gotten a voicemail in a very long time. And I'd love to hear your voice over mine. It's It's been years since I think someone's given me a voicemail on that service. But go ahead and do it. Um, A.K.A. the other guy on all the social medias, including Patreon and Coffee, KO-FI. Uh, don't forget, uh, the other shows I do, Super Geek Dump and Points of Interest Podcast. Go check those out. Just look them up. You'll find them. Um, and uh, difference, uh, difference, Dragons of a Different Tale. Check out the book. See why it made number one on that award thing and why we were third in the other award things. Go check it out. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks for hanging out with me for this entire hour plus. You guys are awesome. Um, I'll be, I hope to make an episode again in a week or two. I hope not to be as long, gone for so long because um, the... the, uh, the honeymoon period of cyberpunk is finally waning so i'm not playing it as much but i am playing it often as as i can but probably not so much to where i neglect another episode uh, set of shows so um unless i pick up elder ring or something elden ring or i don't know any of those other video games who knows what happens or maybe a replica ai will take my life away who knows We'll see what happens. But thanks, everyone, for listening. You guys are wonderful. I'll talk to you all next time. And as always, please know that you guys, you out there, you listening, you with the ears, you have a friend in me. Talk to you all next time. Bye, everyone.